Final spirit of the cricket debate, lots of movement on the IPL table and pink ball cricket. Hello everybody and welcome to the Deepman Cricket Podcast. I'm your host Addy along with Karthik who's alongside me. Again, I'm sorry for last week, uh, but the, uh, the episode was so long with so much IPL that it was just nearly impossible to do the editing uh, during Sunday. Uh, I don't have any much to talk about. Karthik, anything you want to reveal to the audience? Um, no, not this week. Uh, my next game is, uh, sorry, my first game of the season is next week, Saturday. Right, nice. So that should be good. And uh, starting summer holidays, I'll be playing seniors as well, hopefully. Very um, good. But during school term, it's pretty much impossible. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have more on that next week. But anyway, moving on to some real cricket, the IPL. Yes, so the biggest news, I think, this week before we get into the game is that Chris Gale has left the bubble, citing bubble fatigue. And you can understand it, you know, Chris Gale's the kind of guy to be out and about, celebrating, and he's been in the bubble a long time, you know, he, um, he basically plays C20 leagues for a living, and they've all been in bubbles. Uh, but yes, uh, he, he wants to refocus on helping the West Indies in the T20 World Cup, he's quoted as saying. And um, something I heard on Quick Buzz uh, was a harsher Bogle saying that he spoke to him recently in one of the, like, the side interviews and the, he said, uh, oh, I just can't do it over the bubble. And I also think Punjab weren't really giving him that much of a role because, for example, when Mike Agawa had a stiff neck, they didn't push him to open batting. They made Mandeep Singh, who's not a regular opener, bat at the top. Speaking of which, if I sound a little weird, uh, that's because I've had braces this week. Um, so it's not been the most fun last few days, but that's that. I just feel like I sound weird. Karthik does I don't, so that's that. Uh, okay, the first game of the week I'd, I'd talk about was CSK versus KKR. Shubman Gill was, was dismissed in the first over uh, with a fantastic direct hit by Ambati Raidu. Chapadi got into the act with a confident 45 and Nitish Rana made 37 whilst Karthik offered a blitzkrieg of 26 to take KKR to 171. So yeah, um, the CSK openers began well, and as usual, once again, Moeen Ali backed up with a well-made 32. Uh, after he was dismissed in the 17th over, both Reiner and Dhoni gone in the 18th. The equation was 26 from 12. And that was when Jadeja stepped up. 6, 6 four, and another four, he killed all KKR hopes. However, there was another twist. With After Curran was gone in the first ball of Narayan's 20th over, and Jadeja was given out LBW in the penultimate ball, a marginal call, with one still needed. But CSK's ocean depth, ocean-like depth, as Adi has written here, because he is totally unbiased, yeah. proved to be as big as Deepak Chaha, as he whipped the needed single to midwicket. And I'll start the RCB game, the last game on Sunday. Uh, they were on a three-game losing streak heading into the game, so a win was required. They batted first, but their star batsman so far, DDP, was dismissed for a duck. Coley, however, got into the groove along with Shrikar Bhatt, uh, with Coley making it past 50. He's looking good, which is a positive sign. You know, the World Cup's not too far away. I've started seeing the ads on Sky Sports here, it, uh, so this is really good stuff. Uh, if you're an Indian fan, and doubly so if you're an RCB fan like Karthik fans and stuff, um, unfortunately. Uh, 
Unfortunately, a mix-up in the middle sent Coley back to the pavilion, and with four hours to go, they needed some quick runs at the end. And Maxwell, uh, he really turned it on. He made 56 off 37 with his notorious switch hits. I watched the highlights later, and it was, I mean, simply crazy. They finished on 165 for five. Mumbai's innings also started well after a good power play of over 50 runs for no wickets lost. Mumbai were on the charge only to be halted by the spin of Chahal and Maxwell, who ran through the entire top order. It was a complete batting collapse with no one apart from the openers making it into double figures. Harshal Patel continued his form, finishing with four wickets of his own, which included an amazing hat-trick. And Harshal Patel's really, really, really developed this season, hasn't he? But he's really come into his own this year, and it's good to see. Uh, because because he's a guy who's been around teams and teams and not really performed. Start of the week saw Hyderabad play Rajasthan in Dubai. Just early for just six by Bowie. Uh And yet Jaiswa and Samson took control of the game. Samson going all the way to 82. But he didn't have much contribution from the remaining lineup as they only made 164. SRH after dropping Warner and boosting... Uh, they're batting with the return of Jason Roy. Uh, playing his first game for the SRH, he made immediate impact with a well-made 60 off 42. Williams had made a 53 and got the job done with nine balls to spare. On Tuesday, uh, Delhi Capitals played the Kolkata Knight Riders, and it was quite an important game for Kolkata. Uh, they needed those two crucial points. Delhi opened the batting with Smith and Darwin, which was a change, and they both made it past 20, creating a solid platform for a big score. Unfortunately for them, the slowish pitch and Sunil Narayan's bamboozling deliveries ensured their score would be modest. They ended up on just 127 for 9, which is possibly 20-30 runs mm. short of par. All KKR needed was one or two good partnerships to win the game and Gill and Rana both scored 30-plus scores, despite Abish Khan's three wickets. It allowed KKR to seal the game rather comfortably. Mumbai versus Punjab next, uh, with Punjab batting first in the absence of star opener uh, Bank Agarwal. Uh, the top order crumbled um, to the speed of Kunal Pandya and Raul Chahar, and uh, Punjab uh, scraped to 135 on the back of Markham's 42. MI got off to a bad start with their top three being dismissed cheaply, but the guy who's really come and saved them this year at points, Asarab Tiwari, along with Hardik Pandey coming back into the team and playing an explosive 40, they got two more points in the bag. On Wednesday, my team, Royal Challengers Bangalore, played against Rajasthan. So Rajasthan batted first as the openers of Evan Lewis and Jaiswal went completely wild. I remember watching this game live, and in the power play, they had scored 60 runs, and I was starting to doubt why I had stayed up till 12 o'clock to watch this game. <laughs> but then, luckily, Chahal came into the attack, and uh, Shabazz Ahmed, they completely dried up all the runs. They only ended up on 149. Kohli and Padikar got off to a good start, but after quick wickets, the game fell into the hands of Shrikabharath and Glenn Maxwell. Their solid partnership in which both batsmen got 40-plus runs sealed the game in fine fashion. Thursday, we had CSK play SRH in a do-or-die situation, uh, and CSK looking to confirm a spot in the qualifiers. Uh, wanting to bowl first, they get SRH down to 134, 
Saha made a good contribution in 44, but the brilliance of Bravo and Josh Hazelwood finally coming to the party just proved too much for the Hyderabad. Safdu uh, Plessis and Rajivash Gaikwad got off to a good start, as is becoming customary with those two. There's a small wobble in the middle, uh, with Jason Holder continuing to prove his worth with three wickets. However, the old hands of Ambati Raidu and MS Tony got the job done. And Dhoni just warming a billion hearts around the country with a huge six to close up shop. On Friday, Punjab played KKR and this game was especially interesting because both teams were in that pack where they're scrambling to make it for the playoffs and uh, snatching two points from each other means the other team won't get the points. So it's really heating up now. Yeah. Uh, KKR batted first. Uh, Venkatesh Ayer got going early who and finding the rope consistently. However, Gill was undone by an Arshdeep sp special, one that started outside off, and because Arshdeep's a left-arm ball, it swung in, nipped Beauty. back, and it, it reminded me of the, uh, you know, the Mitchell Stark to Prithvi Shawball in Australia. Yes, yes. So yes. It, was, it was quite similar to that. However, some good batting from Tripathi and Rana both made 30-plus scores and ensured KKR got a competitive score of 165 from 20. I just want to say, uh, Nitish Rana, he is, he's been quietly scoring the run, isn't he, for KKR? He's been, he's been getting 30s and 40s, um, which is, uh, I think that role suits him. Not being under the He's spotlight. playing crucial roles in the, in the middle <coughs> order because I feel like you know you have the big three. What is it? Um, Morgan, Dinesh Russell, Kartik, and Morgan and Russell. Yeah. And uh, I think he just sort of... People underestimate what he can do. Yeah. And, and I think he's shown... Yeah. Uh, sorry, because he bats number four, with Venkatesh I doing so while Shubman Gill just looking like Shubman Gill, and Maltapati also coming into form, he, he doesn't have any pressure on him. So this is... Uh, KKR's looking good. Punjab King's innings got off to an absolute flyer, with Agarwal and Rahul proving to be deadly at the top. Uh, Rahul was dismissed for 67, and Agarwal 40. Uh, the game got close with a few wickets, and um, yeah, Rahul was gone with, with still around, in the last over, I think around 10 needed. But um, but the bulky guy from, uh, from Tamil Nadu, Shahrukh Khan, got the job done with a quick 22 off 9 to seal the game. It was an important win for Punjab Kings. And they didn't want to bring back the memories of they lost against Rajasthan. On Saturday, Mumbai played the Delhi Capitals. Uh, Mumbai Indians batters. I don't know what's happening with them. It's they haven't they haven't cemented their spot or they they don't feel secure where they are. I don't know. There's something wrong. But they failed to click yet again. Uh, Suri Kumar Yadav's 33 was the only innings, which sort of looked any good, but. They made their way to 129. Uh, with the bowling, Akshar Patel dismantled the whole top order with 3 for 21. And Avish Khan, who has been a, a revelation this season so far. He bowled Hardik Pandya through his legs with an outstanding Yorker. And he also had the skipper in his three wickets. Delhi's top order also failed to get going. Uh, Delhi finding themselves 30 for 3. But Panth and Aya stabilised for a bit. And hope was still there till the end, but then ex-captain Treyas Iyer prevented any aberrations to get them a berth in the top four. The second match on Saturday was a completely contrasting match with runs galore. Five changes for the Rajasthan Royals, the debut for Akash Singh and Glenn Phillips, while CSK's 
uh, Deepak Chahar missed out. Guy Gordon and Faf got the vehicle moving uh, before Faf misread the spin of Tuathia being stumped by Samson. Ryan North is logging one to mid-wicket, his promotion not working. Moeen Ali came in and bid his time actually, uh, watching the brilliance of Guy Quad and Fold at the other end. After being cleverly stumped at the timeout, uh, CSK needed a final push to get to 170. They ran 120 and they might have uh, not made enough. In the end they didn't, but um, Ravi Jadeja gave them not just a push, but he gave them an absolute thrust. Guy Quad went crazy as well, smashing fours and sixes, was Jadeja just did Jadeja. Uh, 32 off 15 with four fours and one six. It was simply incredible batting and a strike rate more than 200. There was a period towards the end where it seemed like Guy Quad wouldn't get to his first ever T-Sotic 100, but Jadeja gave him two balls. He missed the pull on the first one, but he clobbered an unaccountably cracking six because, I mean, it really did make a sound off the bat. A cracking one of that to get to a very wonderful, masterful hundred, one of the best innings we've seen in recent IPR seasons. Um, with Guy Quad's hundred, I remember watching the highlights this morning, and it was uh, he scored his first fifty of forty-three balls, and then his last fifty of seventeen. Uh, no, which, yeah, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, if you was, think about it, because he scored a hundred and three of sixty. It's right. just, it's just acceleration and action. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the RR innings, uh, the Rajasthan openers had a daunting task of chasing down the 190 runs and they made no mistake in doing the needful. They both teed off 75 in the first five overs with Jaiswal getting a, to a half century in just 19 balls. It was breathtaking to watch them smash the CSK bowlers to all parts. Lewis was first removed by Shardul Tako and then, coming into the side, Asif got the Dangerman Jaiswal. Given a chance to redeem his season and arguably his career, Shivam Dube showed why he was such a hyped-up hyped player. He demolished any probabilities of a CSK comeback with a fiery 64 of 42, four fours and four sixes to complete a much-awaited and valuable win for Rajasthan. Chennai's overseas recruits of Sam Curran and Hazelwood had a day for, to forget with none for 55 and none for 54. So looking at the table then, Chennai and Delhi are uh, at top. Uh, Chennai just a slightly superior debt run rate. They're, they're both on 18 points. Bangalore are positioned well at third with 14. And then we have an absolute traffic jam in the middle. KKR, Punjab Kings, Rajasthan, Mumbai Indians. All of them with 10 points. Uh, however, Mumbai Indians' debt run rate is the worst. And KKR's the best, and that will prove to be very, very important as we go into the final two games for these uh, sides. There's been more fascinating stuff over in Australia, hasn't there, Karthik? With, uh, with the exciting cricket uh, that's been on show at Metricon Stadium in Kerala. So you can tell us, why is it called Metricon Stadium? Uh, Metricon is a builder, actually. Um, right. You know, they do houses and commercial buildings and everything, and I think they were the one who built the stadium, so, of course, the Metricon Stadium. Um, so they play... Have you heard of AFL? I have, yeah. You yeah. don't know? Yeah, okay. Because I had no clue what AFL was coming into this country, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, so there's a lot of AFL being played there, as well as cricket now, which is good. 
So it was India's first ever pink ball test match and it has been a spectacle. So India's openers, Shafali Verma and Sprinky Mandana had an excellent opening partnership of 93 before Molino and Verma had Verma caught. Putnam Rout played till the end of day's play along with Smriti Mandana who made a silky 80 runs. So many elegant boundaries. India at the end of day one were in control at 132 for one. And they built on their, on their overnight partnership, did Mandana and Rout, before Mandana took herself to her maiden test hundred, a quite sensational innings. Uh, she soon fell to the spin of Ashley Gardner after making a 127. 22 fours in a six. Um, it was quite an innings. Uh, Brunham Rout walked, despite not being a judge out on day, th on day two. We'll speak more on that later. Mithali um, Raj and Yasta Gibartia, uh, they added some more runs before Elise Perry got the latter with, with a stunning catch by Beth Mooney. And she became the first Australian to pick up both 300 wickets and 5,000 runs across formats. Lightning intervened following the rain intervention on the first day as India were 276 for five. Speaking of that rain intervention, the last two days it has been hot in the morning and then at night it has completely tipped it down as in thunder, lightning, it was, it was crazy actually. So continuing on with that from the next day, uh, Deepthi Sharma helped herself to a 50, finishing with 66 before giving LBW to a ball that almost rolled after bouncing. Mithali Rad declared after the tea break with India having a solid first inning score of 377 for 8. The legendary Goswami knocked over Beth Mooney early uh, with Meg Lanning and Alyssa Healy rebuilding before Goswami had Healy again with a peach sent back for 29. Meg Lanning after the having the luck on her side earlier was given LBW despite nicking it. No DRS. Elise Perry and Talia McGrath were at the crease overnight, a result looking unlikely. Some T20 World Cup news, Karthik. Yeah, so big news of JP Dumney coming back into the South African fold, not as a player this time, but as a coach. Uh, he will join the South African squad travelling to the UAE as a specialist consultant. Along with him, the Proteas have also roped in Justin Simmons for the same role as they prepare for the upcoming T20 World Cup. Uh, the Sri Lankan squad has also been announced, Daddy? Uh, well, they announced it, but, but they, they made some changes to it now. So they've, uh, they've added uh, Nisanka, Minod Banuka, Ashan Bandara, uh, Lakshan Sandakan, who's a leg spinner, and Ramesh Mendes. Uh, so now they've got 19 people in that squad, I think, uh, with... Uh, three or four reserves. Um, now the Ashes, that's been according to heat up and we're hearing that we should get some sort of a, uh, a decision in the next few weeks. But uh, Karthik, can you bring us up to date with that? Yeah, so this has been quite the talk on Twitter uh, recently. So Tim Payne and Kevin Peterson had a heated argument. So Tim Payne had stated something about they don't care Joe if Joe Root comes or not whether he's interested because of the family quarantine and all this stuff. Uh, the match will be played and England will field a squad because they are itching to play. Or he, he says something along those lines. But then Kevin Peterson responded by saying that if he was in the England fold right now, he wouldn't even... He wouldn't come at all because of 
his family not being allowed to come and tour freely. Yeah. However, yeah. Tim Payne responded to that saying something about Kevin Peterson thinks he's the expert in everything and answers, you know, this all is, that this sort is, of this Australian is just, banter. This is just like schoolyard break time chat. This is just so bad. Let's move on. Uh, uh, English cricket. Uh, Moat Ali, he's retired from Test cricket. Um, he's only 34. Uh, he took 195 wickets and made it. 2,000, uh, 2,914 runs. He was recently made vice-captain. And he said that he was wasted in a good way. Uh, and later he clarified that it meant that... I mean, he he batted from all positions, from 1 to 9 for the England team, and he just wasn't enjoying it anymore. I think this is a sort of a big blow for, for England because, I mean, he failed, like... He properly failed last time uh, they uh, they went there, uh, England. But he would have been useful with his experience. What went where, sorry? Uh, Australia? Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. In the Ashes, yeah. Last time uh, in the Ashes, when he came to Australia, he was outdone by Nathan Lyon mm. for so many innings. He just made him his uh, Ashes bunny. I think his experience will be missed as an off-spinner in mm. Australia and especially turning pitches such as Sydney. But I think it'll also give some chances for new players such as... Um, Matt Parkinson. Uh, yes, or the, um, the upcoming up spinners and leg spinners. Jack Leach. Who dream, who just dream of playing Test cricket for, Australia, for, for England. Yeah. Uh, some more English cricket news. was uh, The Bobbleys Trophy final was played. Now... Now, I'm going to admit, I don't know exactly what the Bobbleys Trophy is. Um, and I spoke to my cricket coach at school, and he'd been watching it, and I asked him what it is, and he says, to be honest with you, there's so much cricket going on that they didn't know what's what. Uh, but basically, uh, it was Lancashire against Warwickshire, um, and uh, Warwickshire, um, well, it was more Lancashire, they collapsed on the first day. They, the score read 12 for 6. Um, in a final, <laughs> and then uh, they finished on 78 all out uh, with Craig Miles picking up a fight for 28, and Manraj Johal playing his only his third match for Warwickshire first or something, uh, three for 21. Then Warwickshire showed Lancashire how to bat with a long, long, long innings of uh, 518. Uh, Robbie Yates at the top made 113. Uh, Dom Sibley made 57. Uh, Will Rhodes, the captain, with an outstanding 156. Um, and, yeah, it was four wickets for Matt Parkinson, who uh, cleaned up the tail, and three for, for Jack Blatherwick. Lancashire, they they had a bit of a partnership at the top between George Borderson and Luke Wells, but uh, nobody else really got things for them. As a superb catch by the, cap, um, by the keeper, Burgess, got the job done. Uh, as they were bowled for 241, uh, Warwickshire winning emphatically by an innings at 199 runs. The OS the week time, this is our segment where we look at a controversial or a topic that's been causing a bit of debate um, and we DRS to review it and we see what happens. That's why actually, I think I actually ever explained where the name comes from. So like, a DRS is a decision review system thing so 
Uh, and today's topic, Karthik, is... The spirit of the game. So there was two contrasting um, events that happened in the past week. So there was obviously the controversy between Ashwin, Morgan and Richard Pant in the IPL. But on the other hand, there was also Poonam Rout walking when she was not given out. Um, what do you make of that, Ali? Yeah, so the Ashwin Morgan Pants, though, is basically the foe came... So, a Pant hit the ball, uh, the foe came in, uh, and it deflected off Pants' back. Whilst that happened, so it didn't deflect, like, in the opposite direction, it just deflected a bit. But Ashwin not seeing this, he came back for the second. And that caused a bit of fuel, and Morgan was not happy either. But the, but the thing here is that first Ashwin didn't see, and you can clearly see on the replay that uh, he was turning whilst it was happening, and you can also see that this is this can't be compared to the Ben Stokes stuff because there the ball went to the boundary. It would have been interesting if it stopped. Would they have run? Maybe not. But uh, apparently uh, Morgan called. Uh, Ashwin a disgrace, and he said that um, Ashwin put out a very, very, very long statement on Twitter. Um, but he, he's a divisive character, isn't he? And uh, Asylum Dool had a really interesting point, saying that it should have been Mr. Punt who rescinded the run. He said, no, we don't want that run, we don't want anything to happen. Um, what do you make of it? I think it's been blown out, uh, it's been blown out of proportion on social media. Um, what do you think, Arthur? Um, personally, I don't see any problem in it if... Oh, no, I do see a problem in it. I don't think it's upholding the spirit of the game. But then, then again, they got the four runs in the World Cup, which proved to be crucial. And then Morgan calling Ashwin a disgrace. I don't agree with that either. And another thing I don't agree with is why you have to put out long statements on Twitter for the whole world to see and... Why can't you just talk to each other, you know, after the game or through private messages or something? Because no one really cares. <laughs> if this ha ah. Owen Morgan called him a disgrace or something, that's between them two. I mean, you don't hear schoolboy arguments in the playground, do you? It's, it, I don't think it's worthy of such discussion. Mm. Uh, to the contrary, Poonam Rout uh, nicked behind and she walked. Uh, it's probably not being given out. And that also caused a bit of debate. Um, I think it's the right thing to do, but there's apparently a saying in Australia that um, the man in white is always right, and it's the umpire's decision. So some people just might not walk because because they because they don't think it's right. So I don't know. Stuart Broad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, right, some quick things to finish off then. Let's clean up the tail, as I put it. Uh, Gareth Batty retires. He was a spinner uh, who played all around uh, the country here in England. He played 261 first-class matches um, for Yorkshire, Surrey and Worcestershire and took 1,092 wickets. <laughs> um and he's uh, said to stay at Surrey to help uh, the younger players get to the ranks. 
And with that 1,092 wickets, that also includes his 271 List A games and his 194 T20s, which he played locally. Moving on to the other side of the world, uh, the WBBL. So the Hobart Hurricanes sign Richa Ghosh. Uh, Harman Preet Kaur and Rodriguez sign with the Renegades. Shafali Verma and Radhi Yadav are signed by the Sydney Sixers. And Smriti Mandana, who's in terrific form, as well as Deepti Sharma, have been signed by the Sydney Thunder. And that's, that's going to be, I think, eight players now in the women's UBL, which is just so good to see. And it again brings up the debate, I know the episode's already a bit too long, of why we can't let the Indian men's players go. Like, uh, people like Sandra Sampson, he's not being picked on the Indian side. And my only problem with this is, it, it should be the board says, right, you can go, but, but it's only we will let you to play. Not that, not that you go and play, we will let you to play. Uh, I've given them, a, it's called a knock, a no objection certificate. People like Sandra Sampson and David Fadikov, who aren't a Pignanian side, like Brisbane here would absolutely love to have Sandra Sampson, wouldn't they? It's, it's, so it's something like that, but it's nice that the Indian players are getting a go. And Danny van Nierkeg is going into the Adelaide Strikers. I, I think, think it's only a matter of time before mm. uh, Indian players make their cause to come and play in other T20 leagues around the world. Because you keep saying that though. You keep saying no, that. No, because I think, I, think teams might, can, I think teams might just say, okay, no, I don't want to play for the BCCR. Okay, I'll give up my spot in India. When that passion or if that passion is not there or something and they know they're not going to be picked because of whatever politics, this, that... And they just go around as um, just go around playing with T Twenty leagues around the world, like Chris Gale is. Mm. So they'd probably be making the same amount of money because I'm telling you, if Sanju Sampson wanted to, he could be playing IPL, uh, Vitality Blast. Uh, he'd be playing for the Brisbane Heat here in Australia. CPL. Then he could go to the CPL. Uh, he, he he'd be paid <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. He's just not being he's just not performing at an international level. Mm. That brings us to the end of this episode and i think it's shorter than the past ones we've done but still pretty long um well anyway if you have any comments to say about this episode you can leave us a listener's message uh you can contact us at our email deepmidcricket at gmail.com uh you could tweet at us. us on twitter yeah. or tweet at us on twitter at deepmidcricket and yeah that's pretty much it we'll see you next week <laughs>